Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review. This one looking at Mid-South Wrestling TV from August 14th, 1982. And joining me on this journey, as always, from Booking the Territory, your friend and mine, Mike Mills. Mike, are you ready for another action-packed week of Mid-South Wrestling action? I'm ready. I don't know how action-packed this one's going to be with (laughs) old Bob Roop in the commentary table, but... I guess we can do this. Uh, I've said it for a couple of weeks now, it feels. You know, we went through that big turn with DiBiase and the dog, and I said we were coming down the roller coaster, and I really feel like we're at the bottom of that roller coaster hill right now, but I guess we'll talk more about that as we go through this week. Well, you mentioned that Bob Roop is here with Boyd Pierce at the commentating table. This show was taped on August 4th, 1982. It was the second hour of a two-hour TV taping. And why don't we hear right now the opening? With Boyd Pierce and Bob Roop, I must say, Mike, before we play this, Bob Roop is really cleaned up from the last time we saw him out here with his open shirt and the flower patterns on the shirt and the necklace. He's like a different guy altogether. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, he had that like silk porn outfit, I guess I'd call it on, you know, the last time we <laughs> saw him. He's actually presentable, you know, it looks like he's got a, uh, whether it's a suit or a sports coat, but he's got a tie on and a, you know, button up shirt. I mean, he, he looks like, just your average, I guess, Southern wrestling commentator from the era. Um, you know, nothing's boisterous like Boyd is with the with the you know bright colors. Even though Boyd doesn't have any bright colors on this week, but you're right, he's very much cleaned up this week. Let's go to this audio right now of the opening of the show with Boyd Pierce and Bob Roop. I'm your host, Boyd Pierce, and we have exciting action as always. You'll see Ted DiBiase, the North American Heavyweight Champion, team up with the rugged Hacksaw Duggan in a team match. Also, Precious Paul Ellering is here. The Louisiana Heavyweight Champion, Killer Khan. The Mississippi State title holder, Mr. Olympia, will be wrestling. Iron Mike Sharp from north of the border in Canada. So it all adds up to lots of exciting action. We have a man with us with his expertise, expert commentary, returning after a few weeks as our guest commentator, Former AAU champion, also a great amateur champion in college level at Southern Illinois University, Bob Rue. Bob? Well, thank you, Boyd. I'm sure, as far, regardless of my background, that's fine. But the question and the, the word on everybody's lips these days is Junkyard Dog, and where is he, and why is he not here on Mid-South Wrestling at a time when he is acknowledged by just about everyone in the professional sport that as the number one superstar in professional wrestling? And again... Why is he absent now? This will be the third week that he hasn't made an appearance at a time when his popularity has reached an all-time peak. And, uh, Boyd, earlier you were telling me that just recently he was named the People's Champion, which is something I've never heard of as far as a wrestler being actually named by the people, not something he wins, but something he did. They, They gave it to him, the People's Champion. That's right, Bob. He was recognized as people's choice and people's champion in Houston, Texas, and through the cooperation of promoter Paul Bosch of that great city, we're going to be able to show you the ceremonies and a match between the Junkyard Dog and AWA heavyweight champion Nick Bockwinkle with a stipulation if the Junkyard Dog defeated Bockwinkle, he'd get five minutes in the ring with Bockwinkle's manager, Bobby Heenan. However, we'll be unable to show you the action because Junkyard Dog has refused to wrestle here on Mid-South Wrestling until he gets a match with Ted DiBiase, but we will be able to show you the introduction, so right now, we'll watch that. We can't show you this match that took place in Houston, but we can show you these introductions, and unfortunately, on the WWE Network, you get the generic Junkyard Dog music 
which completely ruins the introduction and ruins the pop. But the video's out there. Various collectors have it, and also there's a version of it that's on YouTube right now where you can see the introduction and you can see the Junkyard Dog come out to the ring. Bruce Pritchard, a big fat Bruce Pritchard, as the ring announcer, and the JYD gets in there, and I believe Paul Bosch on commentary calls him at one point, crowned as the uncrowned king of wrestling. So he's both crowned and uncrowned all at once, but that's really all they show you here, Mike. The introduction, uh, Bockwinkle and Bobby Heenan in the ring, and the JYD comes out, and he is uh, announced as the uncrowned king of wrestling. Yeah, it was weird. They throw us to that introduction. We see the dog coming out. If you if you you know are lucky enough and may still have the original footage, you you get the original music uh, that's not on the WWE Network with another one bites the dust. Crowd's going nuts when JYD hits the ring. You know, Bachwinkle and and Heenan they they get the hell out of Dodge. They're like, we're out of here now. Uh, Pritchard, I guess, makes the announcement during the opening. He says, if JYD loses the match. Bockwinkle gets JYD's crown, but if JYD wins, JYD gets to wrestle Bobby Heenan in a match. So, and you're right, Britt, like like we said, it's Bruce Pritchard in there. Um, this is kind of cool to see. I mean, I always say this back in the day during the territories when, you know, I, and Houston wasn't far from where I grew up, but, you know, five-hour drive. But still, whenever you see stuff from a different area, it's uh, it always uh, it was always cool because, I mean, you know, you saw things in the magazines and, you know, you saw certain names in the magazines, but the only way you saw them, if they showed them on your ter- local territory. And uh, this was cool to see Heenan and, and Bachwinkle at this time, which, I mean, you know, honest to God, I knew nothing about them uh, up until probably around here. Only thing I would have known is if I would have seen them in a magazine. So good stuff, man. And uh, um, I didn't know if Bruce was really that chunky or chubby right here it's kind of hard to tell the footage i have is a little grainy but yeah uh, jyd certainly got a, a loud ovation when he was announced and he'd come out dancing i can't tell his weight because the footage is a little grainy it is man it is <laughs> of all the excuses you can use the graininess of the film it is hiding it's... is okay all right maybe I mean, well, well no what i'm saying is i mean he i don't know if he really looks that much bigger than he is now not that i've seen bruce Pritchard in person i'm just t- thinking of like pictures i've seen but i, I mean it's it's kind of hard to tell in the footage i'm looking at whether whether he's huge or or not he looks young i mean i, I, I gotta I, go I, back and look from what i remember it looked like king kong bundy in a peter noon wig but uh, i gotta go back and look he looked pretty big there but maybe my footage was grainy as well <laughs> Uh, but you know, one thing to point out that's interesting here, Mike, is this is right around the time where the JYD really took off in Houston, which this is right around the time that Bill Watts and Paul Bosch work on that deal together where Bill Watts buys into Houston, becomes partners with Paul Bosch and Peter Burkholz. So there's a lot of inner office activities. And by the way, when Bill Watts bought in, that screwed the deal that Nick Bockwinkle had to buy in. And Nick Bockwinkle's in this match with the junkyard dog. So a lot of interesting dynamics at play here, but the JYD gets over in Houston like gangbusters. People don't really talk about that much. They talk about New Orleans. But look at Houston. Same thing with the Rock and Roll Express a few years later. They got over all over the territory, but they really lit it up in the Sam Houston Coliseum. So I wanted to point that out here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can see it. It's it's very evident when you watch the footage of this introduction because, again, we don't get to see the match because – He's not we're not allowed to see JYD's matches on Mid-South TV at this time. But you can see, I mean, the fans are going nuts. And if you have access to that original footage and and not what's on the network, you know, there's nothing like seeing him come out to that another one bites the dust and the fans react to it. It's pretty it's pretty damn incredible. How does that work though? I refuse to wrestle on TV until I get Ted DiBiase in the ring. All right, well, we've acquired this tape of you in the ring in Houston. I won't allow it. Okay, we won't play it. <laughs> why won't they play the tape 
Well, maybe he had his lawyers on it, you know, and there was an injunction. What's the word Cornette always used in Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Maybe that's what it was. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's paperwork, you know, uh, that we're not privy to that mid, the, you know, the Mid South office has. Maybe they should have pointed that out. But I know one thing: we didn't get to see him on TV at this time. Here's Boyd Pierce and Bob Roop wrapping up that previous segment after we just wrapped it up for about ten minutes. Hold on, here it is right now. <laughs> Watched and you was unable to see the match like we told you, but the good news is Junkyard Dog defeated Nick Bockwinkle in that non-title match, and he also was victorious over manager Bobby Heenan. That shows a man of great athletic prowess and just shows he's a top man, Bob. Well, Boyd, you know, two observations. The first is that Ted DiBiase has obviously done something that nobody else, conspiracies, Akbar and his crew, or anybody else has been able to do, and that's to get the Junkyard Dog to hide his own light under a bushel the second thing, it seems to me that Junkyard Dog is maybe thinks that he is too big for Mid-South Wrestling, Mid-South Sports. And you got to remember, no man is an island and no man stands alone. And Junkyard Dog was made a superstar by the people. And I'm just curious when he's going to quit sulking and start acting like the man that we all think that he is. All right. And we'll have live action in the ring when we return after this word from Mid-South Wrestling. And there's the heel Bob Roop a little bit at the end there, even though he's dressed like he's hosting a bowling show or something. But the Junkyard Dog refuses to wrestle, but defeated Nick Bockwinkle. Nothing else to say there, is there, Mike? I don't think so. I think we wrap it up pretty much uh, what we talked about a second ago. From there, we get a tag team match with Alfred Neely as the referee, the North American champion Ted DiBiase and Hacksaw Duggan versus Mike Bond and Jesse Barr. Didn't have much to say about this match, Mike, other than it seemed like Barr and Bond got in a whole lot on DiBiase, the North American champion, like maybe more than they should have, all things considered. Although I said this last time, Barr looks really good in there with DiBiase, but it seemed like they worked him over, worked over his arm a little a little too long, I think. I, my note is almost similar to yours, or, or very similar to yours, I, I should say. Uh, Bond and Barr, they, they did well. I mean, they got in a lot of offense. I mean, Barr was very fired up, and he was on a roll numerous times throughout the match. Jesse Barr really did look good here. Uh, you know, I guess I hear a lot of the, the old-time wrestlers, they'll say, you know, if I squash a guy too quick, you know, what does that really mean? Um, you know, it makes it seem like I'm not beating anybody. So, I don't know, you know, Bar Jesse Barr. There's, there's. That's one way to look at it. But then the other way to look at it too is, is, you know, I guess Jesse Barr's been here for a while. I mean, he's he's been in the territory. Man, how long has he been in? I mean, it feels like eight months at this point, or am I um, more than that? I mean, he was he was here in December of '81. He's been here. My point is, he's been here for a while. So I guess the people know him and are familiar with him. And and to see him get some offense in, I don't think it hurt it that much. The match did go on for a long time, but uh, uh, I kind of enjoyed it just the fact that Jesse Barr put up such a fight. I mean, he like you said, they got a lot of offense in, so it was pretty good, man. I, I actually enjoyed this for what it was when you know you're going and looking at an enhancement talent match. Ted DiBiase and Jim Duggan, or excuse me, Hacksaw Duggan, win when DiBiase gets the figure four on Mike Bond, who submits. From there, we get Iron Mike Sharp, against Tug Taylor with Rick Ferreira as the referee. And I have a little bit of audio on the play here, Mike. This is Bob Roop on commentary discussing why Tug Taylor believes he's immune to the pile driver, which Iron Mike Sharp has used for the last several weeks on Mid-South Wrestling. This Tug Taylor told me that he didn't believe that Mike Sharp could hurt him because he says he's got, he's got in effect, no neck, 
And even if Mike Sharp was lucky enough to pile drive him, he didn't feel like, that it was going to hurt him, that he'd be able to get right out of it. So uh, there's been no sign of that yet. But, uh, again, Tug Taylor went into this match. When I talked to him before we came out here, he's very confident. So Bob Roop building up the attributes of Tug Taylor, who, because he has no neck, in effect, is immune to the pile driver. That's a very interesting take there, Mike. He's got a neck, but he does not have a, I mean, it's, it kind of makes sense because it's like, man, he really, you know, his neck is real compact and it's thick and strong, I guess. But, hey, you know, credit, look, let me say this about what Bob Roop said right there, even though it gave me a chuckle. Uh, Credit him, this, that, that might've been one of the better things he did in this episode. Cause I got to tell you, I was going to wait till next match on this or his commentary. He was, wasn't doing this show any favors. And it's one of those weeks where Boyd acts like Watts is there and he disappears. Instead right. of like there being a back and forth, it's like basically, and now let's go to the match. Here's Bob Root. And it's just Root very dryly doing every match. Right. So like there's no storytelling going on because like that's the one thing, the, the, the big benefit you get from Watts and sometimes you don't even realize it until he's gone like this week is you hear a guy who's like literally narrating what's going on in the territory. Like every single match, he's pretty much doing it. And then you get Bob Roop who Boyd turns it over to him and then it's like, yeah, look at Tug Taylor right here. And uh, yeah, he's uh, it'd be hard to pile drive him with that neck, but uh yeah, uh, collar and elbow, Mike Sharp and Tug Taylor, and uh, and uh, Tug gets a shot in on him, and uh, oh, another one, and then he'll be silent for a little while, and uh, oh, body slam, and it's just like, just there's nothing going on because what he's saying is obvious, we can see it, and and a commentator needs to do that sometimes, but he's there's no story, it's like. He's just reading random words on a page of a book, but we have no clue what the plot is, is the best way I can put it. Well, case in point, let's go to this right now. You mentioned how he doesn't really follow up on any of the storylines. Boyd Pierce has some breaking news about one of the big storylines, but Bob Roop just can't wait to get back to talking about Tug Taylor. Listen to this right now. Obviously, applies the pressure. We were talking earlier that Junkyard Dog has refused to wrestle on Mid-South until he got in the ring with Ted DiBiase. And next week, we're going to tell the fans that the Junkyard Dog will be back in the ring against Ted DiBiase, either for a tag team championship with the two partners, each man taking a partner, or for the North American Heavyweight title next week here on Mid-South Passing. So I'm waiting for that one. Well, that's very interesting, Boyd. Uh... Tug Taylor in the interim here has has taken over on Mike Sharp a little bit. He's on the offensive. Well, he hesitated too long there. You can't give your opponent any time. Mike Sharp doesn't need much of an excuse to get rough. He's called Iron Mike because he's known he doesn't give anybody any quarter. Now, he's working maybe on what he considers a soft spot, that breadbasket. And going after him. Ooh! That 275-pound right into the, the solar plexus, the chest area, that drop kick, very effective. Ooh, I could hear that over here, Boyd. Caught him with a big punch. He's going for that pile driver. He, he's got it. Ooh, Tug Taylor bounced about three feet into the air. Well, let's see what. One, two, three. 
Well, Tug Taylor, uh, he won't get up from this. He's not Bob getting Luke. up for that. I don't think anybody else the will. Either. driver means a victory for Iron Mike Sharp, and we'll be back after this message from Mid South Wrestling. That was painful. <laughs> First of all, how did Bob Roop count to three? One, two, three. Like, what was that? Man, I, I, that's why I say I, I don't know. He completely, I mean, first he just, you know, Boyd basically makes a, a big announcement based on the fact that we don't get any JYD lately. So this is a big deal. Boyd says during the match, JYD will be back next week for either singles or tag. We don't know. And Bob Roof's just like, yeah, that's very interesting there, Boyd. Uh, we got Tug Taylor and Iron Mike Sharp here. Like, well, <laughs> it's not even, and I understand he's a heel, so he, he shouldn't sell it like a baby face, but he's just completely no sells Boyd and just, just rolls right past it. Doesn't even care for Tug Taylor versus Mike Sharp. It's not like it's DiBiase versus Orndorff or something in the ring. We have this really big news. The biggest star in mid South wrestling has agreed to return next week on TV. We're still trying to figure out what he'll do, but he'll be back next week. That's really interesting. Boyd Tug Taylor right here with a big headlock. <laughs> he just completely no sold the man and moves on like nothing. I just again, and then you know we're twenty plus minutes, I guess, or close to twenty minutes into the episode at this point. I'm just like, oh boy, Bob Roop, wow, on commentary. Mm, mm, mm. Where was Cowboy Bill Watts? That's all I want to know. He was, and, you the, know, he was in the back saying, "We're never going to let Roop do this again. <laughs> Let's pull them well, early." It, and maybe, yeah, and maybe his thing too was, I'm just giving him a break. You know, he's 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 giving himself a, a a week off of you know being on commentary. That might have been part of it. And you know, there's that old thing: if you never go away, how can I miss you? Well, cowboy, we miss you right now. You went away for too long. This week is killing us. I don't know. And this it's is rough. one month since Roop was last on the show. It was July 17th where he lost to Mr. Olympia via the sleeper. So yeah. this is approximately one month since Roop was last on the show as the suddenly flamboyant heel. Suddenly he had the silk, like you said, porn shirt. He was showing a little bit more charisma. His hair grew a little wilder. And now he's here and he just he's such a stiff. <laughs> he's just He completely stiffened up. Yeah, just... Man, this is uh, this is pain. That the match wasn't as painful as it was to watch as the commentary was to listen to. Right, you needed someone to actually walk you through the match, and it didn't happen. But uh, once it, 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 let me let me one real quick, Brian. Let me point this out. I want you to think about Mike Sharp in the last few weeks has been, I guess I would say hot. I don't know, you know, and at that. That interpretation is uh, maybe a little too much for some of our listeners. When I say he's hot, I mean, obviously he's not JYD level hot, but Mike Sharp has kind of had, you know, he he's spike pile dro- drove Akbar a few times and he's done some things in the last few weeks that it's like, man, this guy's on a roll, you know, and he's got a little momentum and Bob Roop's commentary just didn't match that. And I'm not asking for Roop to yell at us. Like, you know, we hear on commentary nowadays. I don't want to be insulted in that way, but it's just, kind of nonchalant, just boring take on what's going on. I mean, I don't even, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even know how much he's really, I mean, he mentions the pile driver with the with Tug Taylor's neck, but I mean, he didn't even mention, you know, what's been going on with Sharp, like in great detail. And he could have filled in, he could have filled in a lot during that match with just things like that, if you know what I mean. I mean, that, that's kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. 
you know, you got to wonder how much of it he knows. If he's been out of the territory for the better part of a month, <laughs> he may not realize what the angles are, what's currently happening. That's yeah. true, too. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, they uh, from there, Iron Mike Sharp wins with a pile driver. And then we go to a recap of a match from May 26th of Dick Murdoch versus the Hangman Rick Harris. And coming out of this match, we get a little bit of a wrap-up with Boyd and Mr. Excitement Bob Roop. Let's go to this right now. Well, as you could see, boy, that was one case where the general strategy sort of backfired on him, and uh, the hangman uh, did not live up to his name at all. But, you know, Murdoch's talking about coming back here and teaching Ted DiBiase a lesson because he feels personally responsible for having taught this young man his wrestling lessons, and apparently he doesn't like what Ted DiBiase has done with his talent. Well, that's not for me to judge, but I don't feel it is for Dick Murdoch either, and uh, I know Ted DiBiase doesn't need anybody to speak for him, and I wouldn't anyway, but uh, maybe Dick Murdoch better be careful about who he's talking about punishing. I, if it was me, I'd definitely do something about but it. Captain Redneck, we'll be back next week. Right now we have more action coming up right after this word. All right, I'm not exactly sure what Roop was saying there, but he said it. Any thoughts, Mike? Well, I mean, he's, I don't get it, man. He's saying that Murdoch better be careful with who he's talking about punishing. And, and he says something like, you know, if that were me, well, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think if, I think if you ask Cowboy Bill Watts, if he could remember this, he might've regretted having Roop on commentary for this episode. So no, nah, I don't, I don't really have much from this other than, you know, we're, we're now waiting for Murdoch to come back, officially come back and, and see how all that plays out with um, what's going on with uh, DiBiase and Dog and how, you know, DiBiase has turned bad. From there, we get another match with Alfred Neely as the referee. It's Precious Paul Ellering versus Billy the Star Child Star. The crowd is dead. The match sucks. What did you have, Mike? <laughs> well... Ellering's got a Game of Thrones type cape on or some sort. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm I'm being sarcastic. It's not really I don't know how else to describe it. He's got this this cape in it's navy blue, I guess, and it's got this weird like four star pattern or you know, cross pattern or flower pattern. I've never seen Ellering in this cape. Have you? I mean, I, I don't have the extensive knowledge you have about some of the other places he was. Uh, was that a first for you or no? I must admit I'm not terribly familiar with the wardrobe choices of Paul Ellering outside of some of his Memphis stuff. And then when he became a manager, I don't remember him wearing a cape. So I don't know his uh, his background or experience wearing a cape. Okay, so he's got this cape on, and I don't know. It's just <laughs> weird. And then the match starts. And, here, you know, here's the thing about this match. Um, I don't have much from it. But Billy Star Child Star he he is a great seller. He is really good. And I you know no one will ever mention him as like, you know, being someone who really sells real good. But I mean, he, 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 he doesn't look like, um, you know, he's obviously needs to be a heel just based on his look, but this guy sold a lot for Ellering here. And he, he really uh, made this match watchable. And I'm, this is not me knocking Ellering. It's just that I, I think when we think about enhancement talents, especially in Mid-South, we may not even, no one ever goes, oh, Billy the Star Child Star was a really good one. But he, he really, really was. And like that was my take from this match. I just thought that, you know, other than that, uh, I am really exhausted with Bob Roop at this point in commentary. And Billy the Star Child Star made Ellering look good as Ellering is uh, getting close to his time ending here. Yeah, Billy the Star Child Star wasn't the problem with this match. Not at all. It was that Paul Ellering can't work. 
and, I wasn't going to go there. I'll but go was- there. And by the way, he didn't work for too much longer. You know, within a year, he was done as an active wrestler. So Paul Ellering wins with a neckbreaker, and that's that match. Not good. Not yes. very good at all. And from there, we get the Louisiana State Champion Killer Khan with General Skandar Akbar versus Tommy Saxon with Rick Ferreira as the referee. We have a little bit of audio from this match. Killer Khan wins with a knee drop, and then the moment Mike Mills has been waiting for all episode happens. Let's listen to this graceful exit right now. Killer Khan continued his roughhouse tactics and merciless attack to gains a victory. And Bob Roop, as you said earlier, you have to catch a play. Boy, I got to go. Thank you so much for being our guest commentator this week. We have more action, so don't you leave, fans. Mr. Olympia will be here right after this message from Mid-South Wrestling. What kind of goodbye was that? Boyd, I got to go. <laughs> as Boyd is saying, you have to leave. You go, Boyd, I got to go. And they just hear, you know, the mic being fumbled with. Right, because he took the headset off and puts it on the table. Um, is this like... I, you know, you don't look at things a certain way when you're a kid, but it is this, this must be the new go-to way, or this must have been the go-to way to, to leave commentary in Mid-South during the time. Because if you remember, Cowboy Bill Watts, and I'm quoting, I got to go catch a flight because I got to go meet some people, was the, was the words right. that the Cowboy used. Not who, not what he had to meet about, but I got to catch a flight because I got to go meet some people. Um, and now... We get Bob Roop, who's got to catch a flight. So they, you know, they gotta they gotta arrange these flights better, man. They need they need to do it once the taping ends. Why are you talking about like this is real, Mike? No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, man? That's the go to move when you need to get out of commentary on mid south. I gotta catch a flight. Yeah, I'm out of here. Clunk, 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 clunk. I got a feeling there's gonna be no return flight for Mr. Roop after this week's <laughs> performance on commentary. But you're right. Bill Watson said that early on. But wait, I got to go. I got a plane to catch. Is there an airport in Shreveport? Uh, be- yeah, yeah. I, I believe that. I can't remember the name of it. At least I think there is. All right. Well, from there, that's the only note we had from that match. From there, Boyd Pierce is sitting at the table, joined by Ted DiBiase with a shirtless bandana wearing Jim Duggan behind him, looking cool as all hell with his sunglasses on. And let's play a little bit of this audio right now, and then we'll have a little bit more with DiBiase and maybe even a word or two with Duggan. Now sitting at our desk is a North American heavyweight champion, Ted DiBiase. Behind him is team partner, Hacksaw Duggan. If we have time, we'll talk to Ted about next week's confrontation against the Junkyard Dog, either in a single contest for the North American heavyweight title or a tag team match for the Mid-South Tag Team Championship. But we have a contestants in the ring now, so let's go to the introduction and here's Reese about and now we're going to get this match mike mr olympia the mississippi state champion versus Vinny romeo with alfred neely as the referee unless you have any notes about that previous segment we're going to play a little more audio here so you can hear dibiase for the first time really as a fleshed out heel on tv no i'll, I'll talk about duggan's appearance i do want to make mention to something about that for those who aren't actually watching along with us but uh yeah let's go to the let's go to the audio and dibiase on commentary uh during this match this is a non-title event for one fall or remaining television time in the red corner 241 pounds the mississippi heavyweight champion mr olympia and in the blue corner at 238 pounds from new york city Vinny Romeo. Vinny Romeo in the black tights against the masked 
Red and white clad, Mr. Olympia, the champion of the state of Mississippi. A non-title match, Alfred Neely, your referee. Well, boy, I'll uh, give Mr. Olympia all the credit that's due. The athlete, he's a fine athlete. He's well-conditioned. The only thing I find wrong with Mr. Olympia is that he doesn't have enough gumption, doesn't have enough desire to go it on his own. He just goes ahead and uh, hangs on to the junkyard dog's coattails, but it looks like his partner's run out of him, on him. I don't see him anywhere here today. Do you? He'll be here next week. Mr. Olympia with an arm bar there. Man, is a very quick, agile athlete. But he looks a little bit lost out there, boy, to me. A little bit lost without his junkyard dog partner. I imagine he's wondering where he is. Junkyard dog will be back next week, either in a single match against Ted DiBiase, who's sitting here with me, for the North American title or in a tag team match for the Mid-South title. I don't think the dog's got the guts to show his face around. There's Hacksaw Duggan, the man that will team up with Ted DiBiase if they go for the Mid-South championship. Also, Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch is back next week, and I'm sure there'll be some answers, Ted, that you'll have to give to him. Answer to him? I don't have to answer to anybody, Boyd Pierce. I'm the North American heavyweight champion, and that speaks for itself. You know, I'm not a rookie anymore. I want the Murdochs, the Junkyard Dogs, the Robles, all of them to realize I'm not a rookie. I am not a pupil anymore. I am a champion, and as such, I demand and deserve that respect from him and anybody else, regardless of whether he's older than me, whether he helped me down the road. I am the champion now. Show me that respect. As all the top stars come to Mid-South Wrestling, last year, you remember, Kerry Von Erich from Lake Dallas, Texas, was here very popular but next week his older brother Kevin Von Erich will be here so we just have a lot of great summer in store for you here on Mid-South Wrestling Television and in the area arenas wherever you are so stay with us night after night week after week and you'll see the best Vinny Romeo now and Mississippi champion Mr. Olympia well there's a few things to say there Mike one I really thought it was strong stuff with DiBiase after Murdoch was brought up saying I'm not anyone's pupil I'm no longer this young kid that these guys have to think that they're helping out. I'm on my own. Yeah, I thought that was strong. And he said something else too, but I won't take, I won't steal, I won't steal your thunder if you're about to go there. Well, go there because maybe you are stealing my thunder, but maybe I need someone to steal it. Well, <laughs> um, you know, DiBiase is questioning Olympia's toughness, and if JYD was a man, he would be here. To which Boy says he'll be here next week, and then DiBiase just starts gloating about, you know, I'm the champion and. You know, you just said it. Murdoch needs to respect him. But, you know, DiBiase is North American champion goes, you know, I don't have to prove myself to no one. I'm the champion. You know, just <laughs> I'm the champ, dude. What are you talking about? I just that's like this. The way he said it smug, just the gloat of it all. I I thought that was fantastic. DiBiase is he's such a good heel. This was great to turn him. Just great. They couldn't have done it at a better time. Mr. Olympia wins the match with a body press off the second rope. And from there, we go back to the table, back to Boyd Pierce with Ted DiBiase sitting next to him and Jim Duggan behind him. Mike, before we play this audio, what did you want to say about Jim Duggan's appearance? So, okay, when I think of Mid-South Duggan, I don't think of him when he first debuted. Remember how, like, he had that chain around him and he's got that... A furry I don't know. vest, yeah, yeah, like a caribou or moose vest. <laughs> I, I, 
I really I say that a bear skin. I have no clue what type of fur that was supposed to be. But my point is, I, and his hair was all messed up. You know, he just you look like a wild animal almost. And when I think of Duggan in Mid-South, I don't think of that, even though that's how he technically debuted with Akbar that time. When I think of Duggan in Mid-South, this is like the first time I think uh, I vision, I envision what I remember of him or I see him as. And that's he's standing behind the desk. He's got jeans on, black belt, no shirt. He's got the sunglasses on, the bandana around his forehead, the beard, he's just sitting there, and and I just I don't know. I, I think of this version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, like just a tough son of a gun that ain't taking nothing from nobody. This is the heel Duggan that I, I just feel like, and I'm not saying he looked like that every single time with the bandana and the sunglasses, but he just has a different look than you see him with that furry vest on thing. So that's what I wanted to say. And I actually wanted to ask you that. Is that when you think of Duggan a lot of times in Mid-South, does that vision come to your mind of him or is it something else? Yeah, when he left Mid-South, UWF, and went to the WWF, he lost two things. He lost the type of matches he was having because he didn't have to have those kind of matches anymore. Right. And he lost what made him cool, which were those local promos. You'd see him there, like you said, in his jeans, sunglasses on, bandana on. He lost all of that. All of a sudden, he was just a guy with a two-by-four. He lost a lot right. of the things that people could relate to. He was relatable more when he was this guy. Right. And, and, and like, we're, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but like this, this version of him that you're seeing right here for, I guess want to say the first time minus any local promos he would have done prior to this version of him you're seeing right here is like, it's actually also what, what makes him a good baby face down the line too, because like you, you mentioned the cool factor, the bandana, the glasses, the beard, he's got the, no shirt jeans just a tough old boy you know just a tough son of a gun like i think that's what ultimately makes him you know somebody that you'll like too down the line so it's just this is this is the version of him i i think when i think mid-south and and i wasn't a big fan of his when he went to or a big fan of what he did not it wasn't him personally but what he did in wwf later on but this is this is the version i think man this is a tough this is a tough son of a gun man and um I don't know. That's that's what I wanted to say earlier when you first were talking about uh, the three of them at the desk. Well, let's go back to the desk right now. And we close the show with a little more audio. Let's hear what's going on. Now, Ted DiBiase, we have just a few minutes left before we have to go off the air this week. We've told them next week that Kevin Von Erich will make his debut here. The older brother of Kerry Von Erich, who was here last summer. Also, Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch will be back after Triumphant Tour of the Orient in the Far East, the international star, the Junkyard Dog versus Ted DiBiase, either for the Mid-South Tag Team Champions. Duggan is your partner, but let me ask you this. Are you, Ted DiBiase, planning to put your North American heavyweight title in an individual championship match on the line right here? I am here today for the main purpose of clearing the air and letting the truth be known. Now everybody's saying that I won't give the Junkyard Dog a match and that he's not here because I refused wrestling. That is not the truth. I have had an open contract for the past three weeks, people, for three weeks for a match with the Junkyard Dog and Mr. Olympia. Me and my partner Jim Duggan challenge him for the Mid-South Tag Team titles. And the reason that the Junkyard Dog is not here is very simply this. If he loses the Mid-South Tag Team titles, then... He has lost it all. He'll have to leave Mid-South because by that, 
Boyd Pierce. He will have lost the Louisiana heavyweight title, which I helped him lose. He will have lost the North American title, which I beat him right here in the middle of the ring for. And then again in front of a capacity, not a capacity, a record crowd at the Louisiana Superdome. I beat him again. Now, I've got this contract to wrestling. I've, I, I am a wrestling champion. I told everybody, I have told everybody that time and time again. I am afraid of no one. If Junkyard Dog wants to wrestle me, him and Mr. Olympia put their names on the line, and Hacksaw Duggan and I will wrestle them here right next week on this television station and win those titles. It's not hard Dog to find. Here. Just put your name on the contract. Next week, the Junkyard Dog versus Ted DiBiase, either for the North American title in an individual contest or a tag team match if for the Mid-South If it's on TV, title. it'll be for the Mid-South Also, South Kevin Von Erich will be here, Captain... Redneck Dick Murdoch returns. Until then, I'm Boyd Pierce, and I want to thank you so much for watching us this week on Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Goodbye, everybody. And there it is. Another week of Mid-South Wrestling wraps up, Mike. Jim Duggan sounding a little bit like Oscar the Grouch there. At the end, I don't know how to describe it. It's the first time we get to hear his voice, really. We're not yeah. hard to find. Just sign the contract. Good. That's pretty good, man. That sounds a little like Duggan, man. A little. That was that, hey, that was a strong close to the show, though, because yeah. I mean, it sets the hook for next week. I mean, now you're all right. We've been missing dog. It, this wasn't the greatest episode when you think in terms of matches and angles and God, the commentary. Uh, no fault of Boyd's, but this this is actually a great way to end a, a show that really wasn't one of the better shows that we've done. You get these two out there, you get Duggan looking cool and a you know badass heel, and you got DiBiase, you know, saying, look, there's an open challenge. Uh, last three weeks, we've had one for myself and Duggan to wrestle JYD and Olympia for the Mid-South titles. We've said that. JYD doesn't want to show up. It's not our fault. And, you know, we, we know now, based on what Boyd's told us, JYD is definitely going to be back next week. So this was really good at the end to, to tease that and to tease, okay, he should be back next week. He's been gone for three weeks a month now, but come back. He'll be here, and we got to see if it's going to be singles or tag action. So, you know, just I thought really good stuff at the end right there to set the hook for next week. And not just JYD, but Dick Murdoch going to be back next week. So a lot of people ready to confront Ted DiBiase. Apparently, you're going to be there. It just just this this version of DiBiase right here at this desk is just he was so darn good. I mean, it was it's you know you heard it. He's just really really good as a heel just smug arrogant he's gloating don't question me i'm the champion i don't have to answer to anyone i, I just really liked what they did here you know i know Roop. we laughed and joked about Roop having to catch a plane and get out of here but you know if we're gonna get these two because of some random plane that Roop has to catch and it's a one-way flight he's never coming back i'll take that trade off because these two made the i don't know last five to eight minutes of the episode really really good well, as we begin to wrap things up, Mike, I want to remind everyone, you can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at SuperPodcasts. You can also follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, the page Facebook.com slash Arcadian Vanguard. Of course, you can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcasts, classic wrestling talk, and wrestling humor, the 605 Super Podcast. 
And also, we want to thank everyone for the five-star ratings and the positive reviews you've been giving us on iTunes. We have noticed it, and we really do appreciate it. It helps the show out, and you really don't have to do too much. You just have to say you like the show. So thank you to everyone who's done that. We encourage anyone who hasn't to jump on the bandwagon and support the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast. But speaking of podcasts to support, Mike, how can the listeners stay in touch with you and Booking the Territory? Come listen to us twice per week at tinyurl.com slash bttpod. We cover the old NWA Saturday night shows on TBS. We also cover Smoky Mountain Wrestling each and every week. It's just a, it's the same as what Brian and I do here, week by week look at each of those uh, television shows. And we have a good time, myself, Hardbody Hopper, and Doc Turner. We're the unprofessional wrestling podcast for a reason, so you've been warned. Language is strong, but we have a great time, and it's fun. We just talk about old school wrestling, how great it was. We talk about all the angles, the promos. Just a fun time as we review and recap each and every episode. Uh, if you don't find us at tinyurl.com, slash btt pod just search booking the territory wherever you get your podcast from and i promise you you'll enjoy it uh it's a good time though and uh follow me on twitter at mike 504 saints i appreciate all the interaction regarding this show uh on twitter it's uh it's good to hear from all the fans out there and listeners that we have and i second what brian said about the five-star reviews we have definitely noticed it I was telling Brian, I've seen at least since we mentioned this maybe about a month ago, a good 30 plus or more five star reviews. So if you love this show, do what Brian said and please take about three to five minutes out, hit five stars and write us a little uh, nice uh, word or two on there. And we appreciate it. But Brian, that's all I have. Another fun week. Wasn't the greatest episode, but I'll be darned, man. They uh, they definitely set the hook at the end right there. And it was a really good. It was a really good finish. Let me say that. The Mid-South Wrestling Television Review is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho! Mm-hmm.